the volume. Hey guys, it's the Sessions presented by FanDuel. The sports calendar is packed and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. There are so many sports to bet on like the NBA, college basketball, PGA Tour. FanDuel has exclusive offers, boosts, and more all month long. And when you win, you get paid real fast. FanDuel has lots of ways to play like the spread, money line, over-unders, team totals, player props, and so much more. The app is safe, secure, and so easy to use. Jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting, and you can combine multiple bets from the same game in a same-game parlay and try out the same-game parlay plus. So download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. Disclaimer, 21 plus in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Maine. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Minneapolis, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com for Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org for Maryland. 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hey guys, welcome to the sessions. I'm so pumped for this episode. I think you guys are going to really dig it right now. Of course, you're listening to the podcast edition of it. But tomorrow on Wednesday, we're dropping the visual aspect of this. So this is a new thing that we're working on called the sneaker sessions. Uh, I got to have my very first guest be a part of that. I got to go hang out with Dominique Badgey. He is a forward with Cincinnati FC. Um, He got to come hang out with me. I got to interview him. We went down to unheard of this really great sneaker streetwear um, clothing store that is in Cincinnati. So we went down there which is a beautiful backdrop, by the way. The whole store is really, really a cool vibe. I'm so glad I didn't know it was there. So now a girl knows. Get some sneakers. But yeah, we got to hang out. We did the interview version of our interview portion of what the sneaker sessions is going to be. And then we got to like poke around and pick out some shoes for each other. So kind of like the gist as we're figuring this all out is like sit down, we do the interview, we learn a little bit about each other and then we pick out a shoe for each other. Kind of bold. I went bold. Shocker. Um, With his sneaker. But anyways, Dom is so cool. What a great human being. Um, He's just like a good vibe, a good energy. Uh, But just such a really fascinating story growing up in Senegal, making his way to the United States, playing in the MLS. Um, And just a story of, you know, tying his mom's kitchen towels or dish rags together around plastic bags to make his first soccer ball to just like that pure joy of playing soccer and playing with his friends and, and not even having the the dream in his mind and in his eyes yet to be a professional soccer player. So his whole story from from growing up in Senegal to making his way to the United States to, to where he's at now playing for Cincinnati FC, 
Anyways, without further ado, let's get into it, guys. This is Dominique Bacci. This is the sneaker sessions. We are taking things beyond just the audio of the interview that we do, and we're doing a little sneaker hangout. Get those guys in there. They're beautiful. Joining me today, Dominique Badji, the striker for Cincinnati FC. Um, first things first, am I calling you Dominique or Dom? We'll go by Dom. It's a Was I saying Dominique not well enough? Dominique? Uh, Dominique? So it's Dominique. Dominique. It's French. It's Dominique. very, very French. Dominique. Can you say Rene Paquette in a good French accent for me? Yeah. Rene Paquette. You guys, we have a new intro yeah. for the show. <laughs> I like when somebody else can say my name better than I do. I, Rene I remember, Paquette. I remember seeing your name. We were talking about it the other day. I was like, Renee Peckett. I was like, that, she sounds French. That's <laughs> pretty French. Yeah. Yeah, then my, my parents threw Jane in as my middle name, so they really broke it up to just, like, throw you a curveball. Is she French? Is she not? I'm, like, on the fence, pretend French. So don't throw me too many questions. Um, okay, so striker for Cincinnati FC. Am I calling you a striker or are we calling you forward? What do you prefer? Oh, forward. In the U.S., they like to use the word forward a lot more. Everywhere else in the world, it's considered a striker. But since we're U.S.-based, we're going to go with forward. Did you have to adjust to that? Yeah. And there's a lot. I mean, there are a lot of positions on the soccer field, yeah. too, that the U.S. have kind of taken and made into their As own As they version. do, don't they, America? <laughs> making things your own, and we all got to adhere to it. Um, okay, so we're going into season two for you with Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? Feeling great. Yeah. We're off to, we're undefeated so far. Hell yeah, you are. Uh, three games, two wins, two wins, two wins, one draw. Okay. And so it's a good start to the season. Oh, we're one of the few undefeated teams still. Well, let's keep the streak alive. Mm -hmm. Let's keep it going. How was the off season for you? Because I feel like it was short. I didn't realize how short it was for you guys. So yeah. Brittany, your woman, my friend, producer extraordinaire here on the show, obviously I'm keeping tabs on what she's doing. I was like, wait, you guys are back in Cincinnati. <laughs> the season's already started again. That was like really fast. Yeah. It felt like, I think it was about six weeks. We made it to the playoffs. So that yeah. made our season a little longer, which is great. But then we had six weeks to celebrate the off season. And since I'm the one doing all the traveling during the year for all the games, <laughs> yeah. the six weeks were all for Brittany. And so yeah. we, were, we went all over the place, West Coast to Hawaii, visited some of my family on the East Coast, mm -hmm. and then five weeks later came back here. Here we are. How has Cincinnati been treating you? Uh, you've been able to play for a handful of other teams, but now landing here in Cincinnati, how, yeah, how is the city treating you? Cincy, it's growing on me. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I will say it because I, I feel like I'm new here too. I've not been in Cincinnati for all that long, but you don't really think of Cincinnati as sorry, Cincinnati. It's not like that destination of like, oh my God, I'm in Miami or I'm it's in not. wherever. It's not that, but there's some charm. There is. And prior to this, I mean, it's kind of tough to be. I was in Nashville. Yeah. Denver. Yeah. Good um, cities. Dallas for a little bit. And so I'm always used to being in the heart of it, yeah. downtown, busy, but we moved out here and we moved out to Batavia. Yes. Suburbs. Yes. Uh, How's suburb life treating you? Suburb uh, and dad life. That came at you fast, huh? I love suburban <laughs> life. Okay. Uh, it's laid back. It's slow. We've lived the city life and we know what that's about. Yeah. But now that we have a daughter, uh, it's nice to have space, have peace and quiet. 
um, for her to just roam around and we can feel safe walking a stroller down the street. So we know who you are as a soccer player, as a forward, as a striker. But I've also become familiar with um, Dom the Builder. (laughs) (laughs) So you're pretty hands-on. You get out there and you are building things and you've got your tools. (laughs) Talk to me about kind of getting into this. Have you always been pretty hands-on like this or is this dad you kind of stepping up? This is dad me. Um, Because prior to this, we'd lived in the city and rented for the most part. Yeah, And so not... A lot of um, modifications you can do, but now that we have our own home. Roll up the sleeves. Um, yeah, so we're making modifications to a few things, and <laughs> I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, there's actually a hole that I uh, I messed up. I puttied it, sanded it about a month ago, and still haven't painted it. It's just That's how it happens. One of those things. You're well, like, good enough it, for now. Good. Now you're in the season. Exactly. You're not getting to it for a while now. <laughs> I can almost guarantee it. What has been the biggest blunder for Dom the Builder? <laughs> so I put up these um, these vertical curtains mm-hmm. up once, but I got the spacing wrong. So I didn't put enough uh, supporting um, little hooks. Okay. And so I put three, and I should have put six. Put it up. As soon as I put the blinds on, it just tipped, <laughs> broke, and pulled a huge no. chunk out of the wall. And I couldn't putty it, so I had to call one of my friends who was a painter, and he had to come in Please and professionally, come help me. professionally do it. Oh, my gosh. It's so heartbreaking when stuff like that happens. It's just a big mess. And I caramba. But Anyways, you're working on it. I appreciate it. There. I enjoy following it online. So maybe you can come to my house and help us, because my husband is not handy at all. He hasn't even really attempted it, so Well, a big reason I... I started to do it because we wanted to finish our basement. There yeah. Just a little, few little things we want to modify in the house. And it's really expensive. I know. And they're like two, three months out. And I so know. I was like, you know what? I'll roll up my sleeves and I'll do it. Yes. Yeah. But I understand why it's so expensive because it's not, it's not easy. We're in the thick of it right now. We just redid our kitchen and our bathroom. We had to book six months out. It, yep. They took all of our money. It's, it's crazy. Anyways, that's not what this episode's about. We're talking soccer here. So I got to read an article that you wrote um, talking about what it was like growing up in Senegal. And in the article, you're talking about how it was what, it was wrapped in cloth? Yeah. How did you make the soccer ball? What was so it made of? Uh, rags. You just take a whole rags. bunch of rags. It could be clothes yeah. that people not, you don't use anymore. Dirty, yeah. dirty kitchen rags, blankets, sheets. Um, and you just... Essentially, roll it up into a ball. You get some rubber bands. Mm-hmm. Just band them up. Um, roll it again. Band them up until you have somewhat of a ball. It's never circular, no. but it's good enough to <laughs> kick around. It'll do the job. When did you get your first soccer ball? I got my first soccer ball when I was six years old. I remember. And for the longest, I had asked my dad to get me a soccer ball. He was like, no, like I'm not going to get you a soccer ball. So they were a little pricey. Sure. Um... So me and my friends at the time, I'd say about six of us, uh, put all our money together for, I'd say within the span of four or five months and got a soccer ball. Where were you getting your money from? Oh, so we used to do this thing. (laughs) This is awesome. (laughs) Okay. Um, We're very prideful of where we're from neighborhood wise in Senegal. And so you would challenge other neighborhoods to a soccer game. Okay. And so we have our squad. We've got seven, eight players walk around to the next neighborhood. We're like, all right, we've got uh, 500 sefa, which is our uh, money in Senegal, which is equivalent to a dollar here. Okay. We're like, we've got 500. You guys put up 500. Let's play against each other, and the winner takes the money. 
And so we would do that, <laughs> and then you win. The next day, you take, you got a thousand. You go to the next neighborhood, and you're like, "Hey, we got a thousand." And then you just get that little up. loot. Go get that ball. What yep. was your team called? We're called Sacre Coeur Trois. It's just our neighborhood. Okay. Sacre Coeur Trois. Okay. Which translates to Sacred Heart. I thought that that's what it was. See, guys, I know French too. <laughs> I also know French. Um, okay, so you get your first soccer ball. You're, and then fast forward to being able to watch World Cup. What was it that kind of sparked that? wow, this is actually watching soccer on literally the grandest stage. This is something that I could maybe do. The World Cup 2002, where Senegal made it to the quarterfinals. Unreal. That was when it really clicked that I, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, watching the whole country shut down to watch the national team. And when I mean shut down, streets are empty. Shops are closed. Nobody's working. Day off from work. Like a holiday, a national holiday. It really is a mm-hmm. holiday. Every time the national team plays, it feels like a national yeah. holiday. Seeing them and seeing how much love they got and support from everybody, I wanted to be part of that. And so I was like, you know, from this day forward, this is what I want to do. So you really held very true to that. You did go and do that. You graduated early as well, right? Yeah, I did. I graduated early to be eligible for the MLS draft. What an overachiever. Oh, Look right. at you go. <laughs> <laughs> I had opportunities to go professional actually after my sophomore year. But my dad told me I couldn't. What, okay, so what was like the internal struggle of that? Were you like dying to hurry up to go play? Or did you know I need to hurry, I would like to graduate. I want to have that in my back pocket. No, back then I just wanted to play soccer. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand the importance of getting a college education. But after completing it and moving on from college, I'd say two, three years later, I really understood how important that yeah. was for me. Smart and to have. I'm happy that my dad pushed me that way. Wish I had one. I went to high school, and here we are. But hey, to each their own. Hey, we all got our own paths. <laughs> we do, we do. Um, okay, so I kind of like jumped ahead here a little bit, but for you to figure out, yes, I want to be a soccer player, what were the steps for you to actually achieve that, to start kind of getting those wheels in motion, to look to come to play? In the United States, was the mm-hmm. first place that you wanted to land to do that, or was Europe somewhere that you were looking to do that? So I just wanted to get out of... Senegal to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Senegal and that's where all my family is, but nobody really leaves Senegal. Mm-hmm. And my dad worked in Tanzania, which um, was all the way on the east, um, eastern coast of, Seneg- of Africa and Senegal's on the western coast. Mm-hmm. So I'd see him a couple times a month and I was just very curious to what life outside Senegal was. And so for the longest, I asked him to take me with him. Eventually, he took me with him. And once I moved to one place, I was like, I love this. Yeah. And so kept moving. We went from Senegal to Tanzania, Tanzania to Zimbabwe. And that's when I was 15 years old. And I was like, all right, I want to leave and go to the States. Oh, my God. Were your parents, like, freaking out to send you away? Like, I couldn't imagine. Now being a dad, too, does that not, like, make you shake in your boots a little bit? As a 15-year-old, like, 15. You're a baby. Yeah, you are. But you felt like you were ready to go, and I'm sure you were ready to go. Yeah, I I was ready to go. Yeah. Um, My dad wasn't convinced. It took a lot of convincing. (laughs) What Uh, were those conversations like? Was he just telling you, like, what was he saying to you? He's very protective of me. Mm -hmm. I'm his oldest son. And so I think he, he sheltered me a little bit and was afraid of what life would be like in the States in a place that we're not, that he's not familiar with. Yeah. If it was somewhere else where he had been and he knows people would be different, but here he knew nobody. And so he was very reluctant. Okay. So you moved to the United States. What was it like stepping off that plane for the first time? It was cold. 
Ah, where the, did you land? Uh, DC. Okay. Ronald Reagan Airport. Oh, funny story. So I got <laughs> held up at immigration for three hours. We love that. We at, love a good uh, immigration moment. As a 15 year old, three hours getting questioned about what you're doing here. Where are you? What are your documents? And I was like, what is going on? And I was like, I want to leave. I do not want to stay here. Oh my gosh. Held me in like a little room, left me alone. You must have been sweating bullets. I was. I was like, I do not want to go to this country. Ooh. And then uh, they eventually let me go, and yeah, it's history. Yeah. So 15 years old, and what did you do when you got here? What was the like the next step? So we had a family friend slash, I see her as a mother figure mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. She lived in D.C., um, stayed with her for a little bit before I enrolled at Episcopal High School in Alexandria, Virginia. Okay. All boarding school. I would, I've got questions about that. Keep going. Um, and that was it. I mean, honestly, I stayed with her for a week, and then I was like, she took me to school orientation, and here you go. Okay, so you moved from Senegal. You're in D.C., now going to a boarding school. Your head must be spinning. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it's, it's quite the boarding school. Um, what do you mean by that? Can we talk a little trash? <laughs> I'm trying to get my daughter to go there, so we are not going to talk trash about this school. We love them. We love them. It's a great school, great education. No, Episcopal High School, Alexandria, Virginia, very prestigious school, a lot of very affluent kids, Mm -hmm. uh, very different backgrounds from me, Mm -hmm. obviously where I come from. Um, So it took a lot of time to adapt. And fortunately, soccer is what I had to ease my transition into that right. community. Who was your first friend? First friend was my roommate. He was from Nigeria and he was okay. a basketball player. Okay. Sadiq Abubakar. Yeah, him and I were... Thick I as guess. thieves. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> still are. Uh, okay, so you're, you're in Virginia. You're going to school. Things are working out. Things are looking good. Now, when you get that call, you're, you're going MLS. Talk to me about that, getting that call, getting drafted, and what that experience was like. Who was with you? So I went to the Combine. I barely got into the Combine because I went to Boston University. It's mm-hmm. a smaller school in regards to soccer. Okay. Huge hockey school. They ran everything. So Did I, you become a hockey fan? No. But, but I love <laughs> no. the BU, the BU-BC games. Okay. Boston College, Boston University games were unreal okay. to watch. Mm-hmm. And that's all I watched. Right? Okay. Um, Didn't get into the Bruins? Come on. I went to a couple of the Bruins games. Yeah. A little couple Celtics games, Red Sox games. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you have to. Um, yeah, good sport scene in Boston, yeah. though. Yeah. So I did that. And all the teams were winning at the time over there, so it was a great city yeah. to be in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but getting drafted, I got passed on the first three rounds. Um, and in the fourth round, I remember it starting, it was like a Sunday. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to get drafted. Like, there's no point. All the teams told me they were going to draft me early, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like, so I actually went for a bike ride and just to clear my head. It was like an hour bike ride. Came back home, looked at my phone, and I was just getting blown up. <laughs> and I looked at it, and they happened to draft me. Uh, Colorado Rapids drafted me in the, fourth, in the fourth round. When you were kind of sweating it, thinking mm-hmm. that you weren't going to be drafted, what were you thinking? Like, what am I going to do next? Like, what, would, what do you do? So prior to making it, to the combine list coming out, I had actually applied for certain jobs. Oh, like what? Uh, I was an international relations uh, major. And so I wanted to work in um, international relations. Okay. And so I, I applied for... What does that mean? What would a job in international relations be like working at like... Um, so... Uh, I can't think of the word right now. Government... I went to high school, guys. I can't think of the word. You could, government organizations. Okay. Um, 
NGOs. Yeah. Anything that's like a liaison between the U.S. and another yeah, country. Yeah, got it. And so I was looking I was trying more. to think of the word of what that is, but yes, that's the description it's, of it. Nowadays in college, you get a degree and you can kind of, eh. Who needs it? Yeah. It's fine. So I was just, at this point, I was like, all right, I just need to find a job. Yeah. And so I was applying to anything and everything, um, just in case. And luckily they fortunately, gave the call. Yeah. Oh my God. What a relief. Okay. So you get that first paycheck. What was the first thing you bought? I bought a chain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I bought an $80 chain. <laughs> we were in Vegas yeah. on preseason. I was like, wow, this is what preseason's like. Uh, uh, so I got. What, what, had you been to Vegas before that? Never. Oh my God. I had gosh. never left Virginia or Boston before. And so Vegas, here we come. I was like, this life is nice. How old were you at that time? 21. What did you do in Vegas? I didn't do anything. No? I, I really didn't do anything. Okay. A lot of the guys were older on the team. I was still getting integrated. This yeah. was the first time I had met any of them. Yeah. Um, and I came from a boarding school. We don't really go out. Well, I see, I always feel like that's when people are like, now it's time to let loose. Yeah, I've been in boarding I, I school it. and it's time to let it rip. I see it. But for me, it was more, all right, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't know what this soccer life is about, so mm -hmm. let me just observe. Have you ever gotten in trouble? Never. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like you really kind of have your shit together, though. Like you seem like you're not going to get it. You're not going to be a troublemaker. You're not going to be the shitster. <laughs> oh man, uh, I stick to. I have never gotten in never. trouble. Never. Nothing <laughs> to see here whatsoever. <laughs> Okay, so not getting into trouble. I feel like there's like a, a little asterisk next to that, though, because you're new in the country. Um, your career is on track. You really didn't want to take any risks to get in a lot of trouble, right? Yeah, I think that's it. I had a lot to lose. You and did have so a lot to lose. I was playing it very safe and more so just observing to see what the environment's like, see what's okay, mm -hmm. what's not okay. Was there ever... I guess kind of like that fear of like, oh, if I screw yeah. everything up, I'm going to have to go back to Senegal. And now what oh, yeah. do I do? Oh, yeah. My dad uh, used that all the time. Yeah, I He's bet. like, all right, now you're leaving me. Well, if you mess up, you're coming right back. Yeah, I know. It's really scary. I remember thinking that like when I left Canada and that was something that, I mean, I just became a citizen last year. And until then, I was just like a little bit like, <laughs> oh, don't get in any trouble. Don't do, don't risk anything to get booted from the country when yeah. you've been like busting your ass to be here for so long. It can be a little scary. Right. That's why my, no intro my introduction to the U.S. was immigration. I was like, what did I do? I just hopped on a flight and you, came here and all of a sudden, here. yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. So you're, you're in MLS, you're in Colorado. First you're in Vegas. Where was like for your first time being in the United States, what city kind of blew your mind the most as you start traveling around and visiting different places? Yeah. Utah. Oh, Utah. Utah will throw you for a loop. It was interesting to me. <laughs> It's, it still is interesting every time we go to Utah. Sure, sure. Yeah, people are a little different. It's a little empty. Uh -huh. um, and not somewhere I'd want to spend my free time. What was the biggest, I guess, like culture shock for you moving to the United States? The first one for me was how big the portions of food are. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yes. It still blows my mind. Yeah. If I go to Dunkin' Donuts, I'm like, I'll just have a small coffee, and it's like this gigantic. It's, it's, being at school and seeing how everything was like supersized, it was yeah. cool at yeah. the time because yeah. I was like, oh, I could spend a dollar and get all this food. Give it all to me. Uh, but I was not used to that uh, back in Senegal. I think the first thing that I was like, oh, this is America, because everyone in Canada is like, known for being very nice and opening a door for somebody. And instead of saying you're welcome, they go, uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. They uh-huh you instead of you're welcome. And I was always like, wait, did I do something wrong? It like threw me for a loop. It's so small. To Those piggy- like little nuances are funny. Where I'm from in Senegal, everybody says hi to each other. Mm. Even if it's a complete stranger. Like walking down the street, it's normal to say hi to people. Yeah. But here, oh, the places I have lived at, a lot of the time, the... People kind of keep to themselves yeah. or like head down when you walk past somebody. Yeah. Whereas in Senegal, everyone's like, hey, hey. <laughs> Some eye contact. Yeah. A little something, a little warmth. Yeah, it's not always like that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, dad life. How is dad life treating you? Your baby is so stinking cute. Like literally from day one, <laughs> like, oh my God, this baby is real? Holy moly. <laughs> She's awesome. Araya. Araya Ray Baji. She's awesome. Dad life's been, it's been nice. Um, I'd say the first six months were tough. Yeah. Because we had her in June, it's right in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. So trying to balance um, having a newborn, sleep, trying to figure out life on top. How of did you guys work. juggle that? Because you are also here in Cincinnati by yourselves. You guys yeah. don't have family out here, no. so you're kind of left to your own devices with the new baby, figuring that out. Yeah. What did you do? Kudos to Brittany. She uh, hats off to your mom. <laughs> she. Uh, Definitely carried the, the weight when it came to that because I was in the middle of the season. Yeah. It was just tough. Yeah. You need sleep for soccer, recovery, and all that, and just being sharp. Um, yeah. It's a competitive environment to go into every day to try and be your best, to yep. compete for a spot. And so she understood that I needed a lot of my rest, and so she um, carried a lot of the weight for that. Yeah. And so I love her for that. That's, <laughs> that's, that was nice. But um, I got to come in right uh, after the season was done. I'd say Raya was probably six months old. Good, Perfect time sweet to come little in. spot. Yeah. Perfect time to little come personality in. personality shining, yep. sitting up. Brittany had her on a nice um, sleeping schedule. And yeah. so I was like, oh, this is easy. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> I love right. being a dad. Yeah. She's like, yeah, okay. I already did all the dirty work. <laughs> <laughs> Babies are the best. Do, do you find, does it change your perspective when you're on the pitch at all? Does it change you as a player? Does it change how you think about the game at all or yourself as an athlete in terms of like what your recovery is like to keep your body a certain way? Does that affect you at all? It's tough because you have to find that balance with, I think for me, recovery and just sleep. I love my naps, especially after hard sessions. <sighs> Isn't a nap just so nice? It is R.I.P. to naps. I've not but had one in a long time. Coming home from practice after Brittany's been with her for seven hours straight and I'm like, all right, I'm going to nap. It isn't probably the smartest thing. And so <laughs> we found some middle ground where I'm up for a little bit and then yeah. I'll put her down and I'll nap. So yeah. it just, we found a good balance. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's funny. I remember my husband and I were definitely like that too. Cause same thing. I mean, as like a professional athlete, his body needs a different recovery than I do. It's, it's, it's funny, like kind of striking that balance with your partner and like mm-hmm. divvying that up. Cause you don't think about it until the baby's here. Right. You don't have that conversation ahead no. of time. You you're in it. and you're like, whoa, yeah. white knuckling it you to the finish that, line. You take all that for granted. Yeah. I love me a two hour nap. Oh man. <laughs> but now what I would do, I'd kill for a two hour nap. Wouldn't that be so nice? You know what? Let's change this show. We're just going to take a nap and we'll see what happens. We'll wake up rejuvenated, recovered. Um, okay. So second season with Cincinnati. FC, you're still very young. You've got many years ahead of you, but have you started to kind of think of what you want your life to look like outside of soccer? Yeah, I think the last couple of years, I put a lot into perspective, seeing people that I came into the league with retire mm-hmm. or have to end their careers early, um, and a lot of my friends having to retire. Yeah. Um, puts that I got a whole life ahead of me after this. I know. And so, yeah, there are a few things that I'm very excited about that I've been working on. Okay. Um, more aggressively this year. Oh, yeah. Because since he's given me a lot of resources to be able to 
um, explore a few of the things that have been ideas, but now I'm putting them into practice. Ooh, so okay. Do we forward. get a little sneak peek of what it is, or um, are we yeah. keeping it under lock? Yeah, and yeah, key? a little sneak peek. It, I still want to be involved with soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something I've had my whole life. It brings me joy, and I want to be able to share that with. Can I guess people. what it is? Sure. You're going to be a broadcaster. <laughs> 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 I wish. I don't know how people do it. I've, I've been Wait, around, but you would be so good at it. I've been around soccer my whole at? life. And like, you're great I, at this. When I get home, you can ask Brittany, I don't want to talk about soccer. <laughs> and so having to talk about it 24 7, no. Okay. And, maybe, and maybe like I've gone from idea to idea. And so maybe in six months that changes. Mm. But. As of right now. I mean, now, I wouldn't say shut the door. Yeah, okay. I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. That's where you can keep those good suits coming in handy. Yeah, you can put on the good. good outfit, put on a little powder, get out there and, and talk a little soccer. You know what? I take my answer back. I am, instead of a hard no, I'm not opposed. I'm open Should to Should we all. edit out the laugh? Because you laughed pretty hard when I said it. <laughs> yeah, edit out the laugh. I'm, I'm open to any and all ideas okay. post-sucker. <laughs> okay. So, do I get any other kind of sneak peek other than me jumping on what your answer was going to um, be? Because I thought that I knew what it was. Sure. I love being able to give back to the community. Okay. And I love kids. And so, I want kids to have an opportunity that I did not have. Mm-hmm. Um. But I wish I had, and, you know, create relationships with kids, maybe have see me as a mentor of some sort, um, but just somewhere where they feel safe and comfortable and able to play soccer and develop their soccer skills. Did you really have anyone that mentored you? You were kind of left to your own devices. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is why I want to make something that I did not have. Yeah. Um, because I think if I did have it, I would have done things a little differently growing up. Yeah. Even though I'm happy where I am, but I think it would have been nice to have somebody to bounce ideas off of. Sure. I mean, God, when you think of like where you came from and what you had aspired to do to where you're at now, it's like, man, whether you zigged and zagged or however you ended up getting there, I mean, those are the experiences of getting to where you are. But yeah, Mm -hmm. if you were able to have someone to just like check in with and have a point person, whatever, like, Mm -hmm. yeah. I think a lot, my biggest question uh, when I moved to the States, is this normal? It's, I've, came across it all the time. Yeah. But there was nobody I could really bounce those ideas off of. Like, is this normal for... Like, you mean, like, whether it was, like, contract like, stuff Yeah, or... contract, the way people interact, food. Yeah. Um, just the way... I, I can only speak for Virginia because that's where I was. Mm-hmm. Like, is this how people are in the whole U.S.? Yeah. that's yeah. all I knew. That was my bubble. And it really is crazy when you're not from the United States. And I was, I was saying earlier, it's like each state feels so different. Very all different. a different vibe and everything. Yeah, it's, it's all very, very different. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely to have someone to be a bit of a point person. Yeah. Cool. All right. This March, take your first shot at college hoops with FanDuel Sportsbook and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. Just 20 bucks on the bracket and you'll land 200 in bonus bets, win or lose. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And FanDuel is now live in Massachusetts. Download the app now and take advantage of their great special offers, boosts, and more. There's no better place to bet the tournament than FanDuel Sportsbook. Sign up today by going to FanDuel slash Renee and make every moment more with FanDuel all tournament long. Disclaimer, 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. 
$10 deposit required. Refund issued at non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Minnesota, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Um, okay, let's talk some fashion. This is a sneaker sessions. I've got on these bad boys. I'm getting used to the sneaker world. Mm-hmm. I would not say that I'm the aficionado here yet. You've got a great fit happening here. Do you put a lot of effort into like a game day outfit? Yeah. The cameras are out. People are watching. Uh, you want to get a good picture. But this season, I'm trying to transition a little bit. Oh, what are we doing? So prior to, it was all like streetwear, like baggy, oversized. But now this year, I'm trying to kind of keep it. We're refining it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, refining it. Okay. Like, I'm a dad now. I can't really be wearing ripped jeans and stuff. <laughs> I feel like I got to fit the mold. Does anyone wear like a tailored suit to? Yeah. So, they do. I've had a few, the older veterans. Yeah. Um, You're 30 it now. While. It's hey. time to like get that ship right. My first First game this season, I pulled up in a suit. Okay. What color? Gray. Uh-huh. With a salmon um, button-down. Okay. It's a nice little outfit. Yeah. What do you do for shoes? Do you wear sneakers for that, or do you do, like, a dress shoe? No, a dress shoe. You got to dress them down. When it's tailored, you have to, like, you've got to put the whole look together. Who do you think has the best game day outfit? And we can span all sports here because I feel like the bar has been set from like, I mean, we see a ton of it, obviously, with the NFL. Um, My eyes kind of gravitate towards the NHL from time to time. And let me tell you, they can drop the ball there big time. But every now and then they get some wins. Okay. Who do you look to for fashion and spo? I love... Lately, the NF, uh, excuse me, the NHL players. Oh, I feel like a lot really? of them are dressed. I like their suits. A lot of them are okay. dressed in suits. They look clean. Yeah. Um, obviously, people have their own twists to that. But yeah. For the majority, I think consistently they're the ones that show up. Really interesting. I believe that. Um, see, I feel like I mean, a suit is kind of hard to screw up. If it's a tailored suit, you're good. Mm-hmm. If your suit's not tailored, we've yeah, got to yeah, yeah, yeah. let's have a little group meeting, and we need to. Tighten it up here a little bit. But I feel like NHL players, they don't do a lot of, like, fun outfits that no, much. No, And if we're going fun, you guys got to look up. A friend of mine, <laughs> okay. Kellen Acosta. Okay. Acosta. He plays uh, in L.A., LAFC. Okay. okay. He's got very good style, but sometimes it's a style is it's a fine line, and sometimes he's kind of overboard. Do you find that your style has had to change to adapt to the city that you're playing in? Because if you're yes. in L.A., there's definitely more of a pressure to, like, I'm going to look. Who knows who's going to be there, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But, yeah, I mean, to go from being in Denver uh, to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Especially, what's the vibe here, you think, in Cincinnati? Cincinnati is low-key. 
Some players like to dress up for practice, and they're like, we, we live in Cincy. What are you dressing up for? <laughs> are you no, trying to impress? Nobody cares. Down. Denver was kind of the same. Like, yeah. we're in Colorado. People don't really care yeah. what you're wearing. Yeah. Like, what brand is that? <laughs> and so it's just, just dress warm in Cincy. Biggest splurge you've had for shoes? <laughs> this is a good story. Um, I got a pair of uh, Jordan collabed with uh, Dior. Oh, ooh la la. Now, those were expensive, but I got them three years ago. I have not worn them. They're still in the box. And so what I did bought you pay it. for them? We can bleep it out, maybe. Uh, 5000 Okay. I bought them, and now they're almost double the price of their Wow. Yep. So what do you do? Are you ever going to wear them? You're going to resell them? I'm going to resell them. Mm. And I only got them because a friend of mine gave them to me. For okay. A, he managed to get a, his hand on a pair of Oh my God. I, do you have them in like a safe? I'd be worried. No, they're like at the top in my closet. Okay. Like at the top, top, top. <laughs> the Dior collabs. What's your favorite shoe you have? Your like biggest go-to. Honestly, my go-to is just some black and white Vans. Okay. Like just the checks? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they're so easy, comfortable. I like a van. And like just slipping them and yeah. kind of go with anything. Um, okay. So that's your go-to. What is your favorite shoe though? Your prized possession. One that you're not going to resell. You could never part with this shoe. I've got some off-whites. UNCs. They're light blue, mm. white. Mm. And I put some like neon orange laces on them. Okay. I love those. Mm. That one, that I'll never get rid of. So we've got a whole wall of shoes back here. And I know that you and I are going to be able to pick out some shoes for each other. I feel like as we're figuring out what this show is, what we're doing here with the sneaker sessions, I like the idea of us being able to hang out here for a little bit, get to know each other a little bit, and then see if we can pick out a shoe mm-hmm. for the other one, which is mm-hmm. risky. It is. Do you buy but shoes I- for Brittany? No. She's picky. <laughs> so I'd rather, hey, these are the shoes I want. Send me a and link. Yeah, send them to yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, send me a I'm link, the same girl. way, though. A present is nice, but if they're not shoes that I want, I'm like, ah. <gasps> My husband's the worst for that. If I send him a link, he's like, oh, I got it, I got it. I'm like, do you? Fuck, please. Just open the link, please. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, so before we go look at sneakers, um, I don't know why I'm deviating to this now. It has nothing to do with this interview. Well, I mean, it does. But, like, you have family here now. Is your brother in town? Yeah. What is it like having your brother here in the United States with you now? It's awesome. Free babysitting. Yes. It's awesome. Does he live with you guys? Yeah, he's with us right now. Until he figures out uh, what he's going to be doing. Yeah. Um, How often do you get to get back home and see your family? I haven't been back in three years. Oh, man. Yeah. Does that really kill you? Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. Ever since the pandemic. But FaceTime... Makes it a little easier. Yeah. And, and having a baby, too. It's like, it it's pretty crazy having a baby and not having them around your family all the time. It's such yeah. a weird thing to, like, wrap your head around. It is. But I, yeah. Like I said uh, before, the, my, the mother, my mother figure here, mm-hmm. her name's Janice Timberlake. She's Any relation awesome. to Justin Timberlake? No. But she used to tell people that when we grew up. When we, when we were growing up, yeah, we're like really, she's like, yeah, she was. Like, yeah. um, but she's been amazing. Yeah, and so she's been able to help out wherever she can. Yeah, and nice. we. I have to like Facetime with my mom all the time. My daughter now picks everything she picks up. Nana. Nana, Nana. <laughs> every little thing. It's very sweet. But uh, yeah, I know not having your family right here can be a little bit rough. Do you have yeah. any um, intentions to go back home anytime soon or any plans to? No, but I want my family to come here. Okay. So we're working to on like that. move here? No, to come visit. Okay. 
which is gonna be interesting. My mom has never left Senegal. Oh my gosh! And so, but she wants to meet my daughter, and I so bet. she's willing to do whatever she needs yep. to do. And so we're working out. Uh, we're doing the paperwork right now. Flyer into CVG Airport, baby. <laughs> Get that experience. Yeah, I can't wait. Get her a little skyline. Have you had skyline since living here? I have twice. And. Mm. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> I love the fries. The fries are great. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, no. What is Senegalese food like? Oh, Talk to seafood. me. Seafood. Oh, a lot okay. Of seafood. Senegal is right on the western coast. Fresh seafood. Um, a lot of rice based mm-hmm. dishes. And it's just white rice with a stew of some sort. <sighs> love and a good you just stew. mix the two. And What's like the main spice selection? We have this cube. It's called Magic. Translated into English, oh, okay. um, which kind of has all these ingredients. I can tell you what's in there, mm-hmm. but you kind of every meal you just pop that in there, and it's got salt, pepper, oh, paprika, whatever. One stop shop. It really is, and okay. they put that in everything. Um, seafood wise, what's is it like? Shrimp, fish, scallops, anything? All a lot of the above. A lot of white fish, a um, lot of shrimp, a lot of crab. Um, not as much, not as much scallops. Do you ever recreate these meals at home? I wish. Mm. I've tried a couple of mm. times, but they're very, very hard. Okay. And you can't, Senegalese dishes are so complex that you can't go online and find one. You can find right. that's okay, but yeah. just not. You need ingredients that you can't find here. Well, the good thing with the internet nowadays, you can get that stuff shipped. You can get a little something, something. You got to just pay out the nose for it a little bit. Uh-huh. But every now and then you can like land on things you're like, that was just the flavor that I needed. Yeah. There's a really good Senegalese food spot here in Cincinnati. Really? Cincinnati, fun fact, has the second largest population of Senegalese people in the U.S. What? Yep. New York being number one. Wow. Do you get a lot of Senegalese um, people out to the games? I do. Really? Oh, I love that. That's awesome. I've run into so many of them at the airport, just walking around, just you can kind of, at the mall. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I feel that way about Canadians, but it's definitely not the same as Senegalese. That's (laughs) like, that's pretty special. That's really cool. It is. Um, Okay, let's get some shoes. Should we? Let's do it. What um, what are your requirements? Do you have uh, any kind of guidelines that need to be followed when picking out a shoe? No. None. No bright colors. I don't like So you would hate this shoe? No, that's that's not bright. That's, I feel like for the most part, those are conservative colors. I'm talking neons. Okay. Yeah, especially, I just don't like standing out. Okay. We're flying under the radar. I I want low key. High top, low top. Uh, doesn't matter. Anything can fly. Yep. Okay. What about you? I'm a high top person. That's my only requirement. What's your favorite color? I mean, it kind of changes. I'm on like a hot pink kick right now, but I also really love green. Oh, you hated the hot pink. You no, went, I'm you thinking. Went. I'm thinking. Well, because it's a complete opposite of what I like. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I like hot pink. I don't know that I need it in a shoe. I like green. So as I'm like figuring out who I am as a sneaker person, mm-hmm. I gravitate toward dunks. That's sort of my safe spot. Yeah, can't go wrong with dunks. But. I'm not shy to deviate outside of the dunk world, so right. let it rip. All right. Okay. I'm sure we can find some. Let's do it. A big thank you to Dom for hanging out with me. I also learned his nickname is Doe amongst his family, and I think that that's really stinking cute. So I'm, we'll call him Doe from here on out. Um, hope that you guys enjoyed this. 
Um, and I hope you guys go check out the visual of it because, um, I mean, as much as, you know, you can hear the bulk of what we're talking about, the this, the portion when we go actually pick out the sneakers is really, really cool. Um, and you guys can kind of steer me in the direction. I'm, I really am figuring out who I am as a sneaker wearer. You know, I hang with Dom. I'm talking about how Dunks, I think, is my shoe. I think that that's what I've landed on. Of course, I'm open to many different options. But, ladies, if you're listening, um, I just cut my hair off. I went back to Bob Renee. And I don't know if Bob Renee wears Dunks. I don't know. I'm at a little bit of a, uh, I'm a, little bit of a holding pattern right now until I figure out exactly what I need. So, let me know what sneakers you're into, your prize piece, if you have like one shoe or like the one shoe that's eluded you. I want to know about these. I want to, I really want to know more about the sneaker world. So hook a girl up. Let me know what you're into. Send me some links. Love a good link. Send it my way. Um, and yeah, check out everything over on my YouTube page. If you're listening in real time on Tuesday, it's all going to be coming out tomorrow on Wednesday on my YouTube page. So head on over there. Uh, just go to YouTube, search my name. It'll all pop up. Thank you guys for hanging out. Welcome to the newborn sneaker sessions. And thank you to Dominique Badgie.